Hello and welcome to Nixa Talk, the podcast where leaders in the asset and wealth management industry share their stories, experiences, and lessons learned along the way. I'm Nixa's VP of Digital Content, Jeff Lamoureux, and I'm standing in today for our usual host, Nixa's Diversity Project North America Head, Justine Phoenix. Today we're recording live at Nixa's 2023 General Membership Meeting in Boston, and I'm excited to welcome one of the speakers fresh off the stage from this year's GMM C-Suite Roundtable. She's Managing Director, Head of Retirement and Personal Wealth Solutions at Bank of America, Lorna Sabian. Lorna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's great to see you. We start off this episode the way we start every episode with our 10-second challenge, and all that is is say what you love about this industry in 10 seconds or less. Okay. Get the timer going. Yes. Um, you know, for me, this is all about purpose. And when you think about the fact that we are helping, whether it's individuals or companies, making good financial decisions for themselves, their families, their companies, I think that's a noble purpose. I agree. And I think you got it. I think you came in under the wire there. So good job. So let's move on to a little bit about your background. How did you wind up in the industry? And are there ways that you feel your background differed from maybe the stereotypes we might think people have about the industry? Yeah, I always kid around with the fact that um, when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a Broadway dancer. So that couldn't be further from, from what I'm doing today. But I also grew up in a family of small business owners. My grandfather started an accounting practice, which my father then took on. My brother worked at. When I went to school, I just assumed I should study accounting because I'll probably end up an accountant. And uh, I think once I hit taxes, I knew this was not the path for me. So um, what's interesting then is I felt comfortable with numbers. I understood taking risk. I understood, you know, business sort of uh, diversity and decisioning just through the conversations at the dinner table. But I remember when I graduated college, I wanted to make money, too. And so what led me to um, my comfort zone was comfort on numbers but sales because I could own the destiny of my compensation. And so um, it took me a while to sort of find my, you know, center of really what I enjoyed doing. But, um, but I do recognize that I like putting my compensation at risk for the decisions in my own performance. I like staying as close to the client connection as I possibly can. And, um, and I like innovating, too, and being helpful in the process of, of helping clients of all different um, sort of backgrounds. That sounds really exciting, the way that you describe it. Can you then tell me something about a thing that happened in your career that maybe launched your leadership skills, or is there any single event that stands out as something that shaped your career? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was always in sales, an individual contributor. My territory, my clients, my production, my performance, it was very transparent, and, and I enjoyed that. It was, it was obvious to everyone. I didn't have to declare, here's my value. You could see it every single day. I never thought I would want to go into leadership. There were a lot of people around me that were incredibly supportive of me and my career that kept coming to me saying, you should be in leadership. And so it was the moment that I finally went into leadership that I think truly changed the trajectory of my career. And it was a long time ago now, and I keep apologizing to that team because I was learning on them and making a ton of mistakes through the process. But I think once you're in a position to help somebody else's career, it's very difficult to not be in that position going forward. And although I believe individual contributors can help everybody's career, for me, leading teams is something that is really personally fulfilling. So I think that had a pivotal impact to my career because it set me off in a totally different direction. And although I still am in the sales business, I'm also managing a product and capability set. I'm managing the interaction with clients as we continue to serve them. So it just has broadened out. And so to me, I think the second pivotal moment is um, moving away from focusing just on retail clients and now starting to also include institutional clients of all different sizes as well. So that um, 
has also been incredibly fulfilling because it's complex. As a follow-up to what you just said, I'm going to pivot just a little bit because on stage at GMM, you mentioned that you often get asked, uh, what is it like being a woman in the industry? And your response was, was sort of say, well, I've just been going to work. Do you feel like that was um, impacted by the fact that you had control over being able to demonstrate what you were bringing in in the sales position like you were describing? Yeah, and those questions were really posed when I was much younger in my career. The good news is I get asked less of those questions now because the diversity of you know the, uh, the industry overall has gotten much, much, much better, although I do believe there's still room to to grow. Yeah, I think for whatever reason, and maybe it was, you know, the understanding of risk that's taken for small business owners, I always um, felt comfortable speaking up. And um, sometimes I had something great to say, sometimes I didn't. And that in and of itself was a learning experience. But I always felt confident to do that. And so I think that helped me early on in my career. And by the way, when you're sort of trained to be in front of clients through a sales you know, perspective, you have to find your voice pretty quickly. I think if I started my career in a different role, I'm not sure I would be where I am now because believe it or not, when I was growing up, I was painfully shy. And so <laughs> I think most people would lose their bet on that now. Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> but I do, you know, finding my voice early on, I think having that sales experience and pretty much you're in front of a client, you have to figure out how to handle that interaction, even when questions are asked when you don't know the answer. And so that that helped me. And I think... Um, it has to be also that I was even, you know, probably um, didn't understand to the extent that I was supported early on in my career. So my voice could be heard. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, on to our next question, which is is a little bit of a spin on the last one. Can you tell me about something that was a challenging moment in your career that you overcame? How did you navigate that? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, there's so many, to be candid. Um, I think back to one, though, which... Um, you know, was predominantly managing sales teams with a little bit of product. And then all of a sudden I was launched into a role where it was massive amounts of product with a promise already made many years before to transform that, you know, that offering in a meaningful way. And so I never worked on something that was of that scale. I've never worked on something that um, had that level of risk. And, um, you know, you're basically converting an existing business onto a new offering and hoping to actually grow the business at the same time. So for me, the only way that, you know, I saw a path through is making sure we had the most talented, diverse folks around the table because it was many years. It wasn't just many months of a, of a project and ultimately, you know, to execute something as, as large scale as it was. And so um, I, I learned very, very quickly that it's uh, it's most advantageous when you have the room packed with people that are a heck of a lot smarter than you are. And so um, that one comes to mind because, you know, it's it's easy to look back and say, gosh, that was so fun and it was great. But every day was really hard. And the, the team in, in we probably had upwards of 300 folks every moment of every single day working on that topic and working on that project. And so that was certainly a pivotal moment even to gain confidence to understand that you can do something of scale that is still meaningful to clients and to advisors as well, because this was, uh, you know, in the retail wealth management space. That's great. 
you've had a really successful career and you've already talked about some things that I bet might fall into the category of out of the lessons you've learned along the way, what is something you would want to tell your younger self earlier in your career? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, first of all, I would tell myself just relax and <laughs> enjoy it. You know, I think when early on in my career, I was so, you know, focused on controlling my career trajectory. And when I look back, I've had no control over it. And it's been the most joyful of experiences. And so I started to surrender into folks coming to me saying, hey, you would be good for this. Or, you know, I think you're the right person for this. Come along and, you know, and, and do this for me. And, um, you know, before when I was younger, I would be a little bit more closed minded on that. I would be nervous about it. I think a lot of women can probably relate. Can I really do this? Which I'm not sure I hear that from men as much as I hear from women even to this day. And so I would just tell myself, relax, surrender into what the company sees as far as your talent, which may be a different, uh, you know, perspective of what you see in yourself and enjoy the ride. I think someone on stage with you, maybe it was Joe who said uh, something to the effect of, you know, we all recognize there's some element of luck in where we've ended up. Uh, and it sounds like we, we hear that theme a lot in the podcast, an opportunity coming to you and you taking, taking advantage of it and running with it. So that really aligns with a lot of the things that we've uh, heard from other guests in the past. So that's it for all of our questions. Thank you so much for being on here. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me after coming right off stage uh, here at GMM. So thank you very much. Thank you. Our listeners can connect with me and the rest of the Nixa team by searching for Nixa on LinkedIn. Please share your feedback on the podcast and let us know who you'd like to hear from next. And make sure you don't miss future episodes by subscribing to Nixa Talk on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Nixa Talk. Nixa is a trade association connecting the global asset management community. Please note the Nixa Talk podcast is the sole property of Nixa. The content of the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or services. Guests' opinions and statements are their own and do not represent the organizations with which they are associated. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of Nixa. 